Welcome to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. The holidays will soon be here and many of us will be traveling or hosting friends and family. Make sure your holiday doesn't include a trip to the emergency room for injuries that could be easily avoided. Here to tell us about how to avoid any injuries and what to keep in mind when making plans for the holidays is Dr. John Griswold, a Texas Tech Physicians Surgeon and Director for the TTUHSC Clinical Research Institute and Medical Director for the University Medical Center Burn Center. Dr. Griswold, thank you so much for coming back on our podcast. Can you remind us or can you give us a refresher of what you do at the Health Sciences Center? Yes, and first of all, thank you for having me. It's uh, always enjoyable. Well, uh, I wear several hats, if you will. I teach various trainees, students, residents how to take care of injured individuals. My whole career has been as a trauma and burn surgeon, so that means that every patient that I take care of has been injured in some way. A lot of the work I do now is uh, focusing on our burn center. So I take care of injured patients. I do a lot of surgery. And uh, like I say, teach people who are learning how to do this, um, how to do it. Well, again, thank you so much for coming back and talking to us about injuries. Now, what kind of trauma or injuries do you see around Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's Eve? Well, interestingly, probably the number one risk of getting injured is around cooking. Um, That's the injury that we see in the burn center an awful lot, is people that are injured from being around fires or cooking in some shape or form. Uh, Also, it's when the weather gets colder, and so we see a lot of heat or heater-related injuries that uh, cause fires and people getting burned that way. Interestingly, the number one cause of a structure fire, a resident, residential structure fire in the United States is cooking-related fires. And so cooking fires happen all the time, but they're dramatically increased around Thanksgiving and Christmas. What can we do to prevent getting injured or becoming sick or injuring others? Well, the first thing to do, you know, we're all excited about the holidays. Oftentimes we have uh, visitors or relatives coming to our homes and we're, we're, we're thinking about how are we going to make this an enjoyable, happy time. And probably a little bit of time at least should be um, spent making sure that the environment is safe. Oftentimes, uh, families will be cooking in the kitchen and there'll be a lot of traffic in the kitchen. And that's actually, unfortunately, a setup for accidents to happen and people to get injured uh, during while uh, cooking is going on. So many things that uh, people should do. First of all, don't leave the kitchen when you're cooking on the stovetop. Uh, somebody should be there uh, watching and, and uh, making sure that everything's going well. Don't leave the house when the turkey's in the oven. The, and you should check on the turkey uh, regularly. Things that we talk about a lot for preventing injury, make sure a pot handle or a knife handle or an electric cord isn't hanging down or hanging over the edge of a counter so that somebody could come by and, and knock into it and, and spill something hot or a knife could be 
could fall off the table or pull on some kind of electric appliance that's cooking things. Uh, so the, just those, those safety issues. Children should not be in the kitchen when cooking is going on, especially around the holidays. It just adds another person in the room that's probably moving around pretty fast and not really thinking about that they might get injured. And what we recommend is that children should not be uh, uh, any closer than three feet of the stovetop or the oven. So we recommend to people to even kind of make a safety zone. Uh, talk to the children when they come over or when they're around. Hey, don't you know, this is an area that you might get hurt, so stay away from while we're cooking. Sometimes uh, that might upset things and might upset people, but it's the best thing to do because these accidents can happen so quickly, just in a matter of a second, and that would just destroy a whole holiday um, gathering when somebody gets injured. If a flame on the stovetop were to happen, you please don't throw flour on it or throw water on it. That's the last thing that you want to do. If it's a small enough fire and you feel that you can take care of it yourself, smother it with a lid, some kind of metal or, or um, stainless steel lid over the uh, frying pan or the pot, or a really thick, heavy um, hand towel that can smother the fire. And don't remove the lid or whatever you've smothered the fire with until the entire area is cool and to the touch. If it's still hot, don't uncover it until you know that you can pick it up and not burn yourself. If the oven catches on fire, turn the heat off, but leave the oven door closed. That keeps the oxygen away and the, as a fuel for the fire. That's the reason for smothering the stovetop fires. Um, don't wear loose clothing. I mean, the loose clothing, somebody, you know, you're talking and you're active and you're cooking. The loose, loose clothing can catch something. Um, so you shouldn't have, you know, loose sweaters and shirt sleeves and those kinds of things. Those are really uh, some of the major ways to prevent uh, fires. Please don't leave your children where there's a lit candle and even near a space heater. Um, if it's possible to not leave them alone or put a space heater in their bedroom, you know, it'd be better to use the space heaters where an adult can observe or be aware if there's a problem. Uh, those are the other things related to heat that um, as the temperature gets colder that we want people to think about. One of the remedies that I usually hear about for a burn is to add butter to it. Is that good well? Uh, if you burn your skin, we really don't like uh, greasy things on there because it, the butter will actually make it feel better. And for people of use butter, it, it kind of cools it and keeps the skin a little bit lubricated. But it really would be better to just put a little bit of uh, ointment, maybe that has some antibiotic in it, like a the triple antibiotic you can get at the drugstore over the counter. Actually, the the best first aid ointment that we recommend is something called Aquaphor. Uh, you can get it at every drugstore and it looks like Vaseline, but it's water soluble. So you can wash it every day and it soothes the burn and kind of keeps it covered from, you know, the environment so it doesn't get infected. Now around my house, usually this time of year we do tamales and I apparently cannot play well with steam in my <laughs> house and I somehow always just my hand comes in contact with steam. Is it the same thing with that? Just yeah, anything that has that causes heat, um, the the treatment would be the same. You want to keep it clean. You want to keep it 
covered and if it breaks the skin such a such as if it blisters you want the the wound to be mildly moist you don't want it to dry and scab i know mom told us not to pick at our scabs but that doesn't mean that's the best healing process wounds don't like to scab or dry out they like to be mildly moist. That's why we, why I mentioned the uh, material like Aquaphor or Neosporin or th those kinds of ointments. Not so much for the antibiotic, but for the mild moisture that it per gives to the wound to help it heal. What can you recommend people do to stay safe in case they travel? Well, my feeling about that is to think about what would be the bad thing that would happen or what, what would be the worst thing that could happen if we're traveling you know many people be driving and traveling and again the weather is going to be unpredictable it's the colder time so rain sleet snow gosh what if you got stranded so the things that i recommend to people the first thing i say is if you're going to be leaving your home for a period of time think take the things with you that you have to have like prescription medications many people get someplace and think gosh i forgot my blood pressure medicine or something like that so you always want to make a list of the things that you just can't do without that uh, are, are important to you on a daily basis you got to have those around glasses you know just just things that are kind of common sense and then when you when you're traveling away and say you're in a car, gosh, think about what would happen if you got stranded. So you want to have things like, um, well, we're an electronic world. So make sure you brought your chargers so that you're and keep your phone charged because that's going to be a safety net of contacting someone. So you want your phone in your vehicle always charged so that you can call 911 or or someone to come help you we recommend taking a blanket or two taking plenty of water i usually recommend and when my family travels we take a, a like a walking stick uh, that we can just put on the floor of the car or in the trunk or something in case it's snowing and the car stops and you need to get out of the snow and you have to leave the vehicle you know just things that you would think of that gosh this is what i would need if i was trapped in my car for a couple of hours and the weather was really bad out just kind of common sense things you know it can make a big difference between doing well when you're stranded and not doing well what if we're traveling out of the country? It kind of depends on where you're going. If it's a, a place that you know has all the modern conveniences and such, probably no different than traveling within the country. But you have to kind of know what one of the, one thing is what the health issues or risks are, especially nowadays with things like the pandemic and COVID, you need to be checking uh, what the status is in those various countries. But uh, otherwise, you know, again, just taking the things that you need and then being aware of what the capabilities of that country or location are if you were to get sick, um, especially if you have a, a chronic health issue like kidney disease or or those kinds of things you need to be sure that you're going someplace that if you have a problem they can take care of it what do you recommend uh, for people traveling with children so um, and this this has a lot to do with uh, all the other things about a vehicle you know the adults should wear seat belts the kids, you got it. They've got to be either belted in or in a car seat. Now, if it's a long distance, you know, you, I, I've been with my kids when they're fussy and it's just uh, noisy in the car. But it's better to have a fussy, noisy child in the car than have a child that gets hurt. 
Uh, so you just have to think of the things that you got to do. And I wouldn't change safety things that you do traveling around town. But when you're traveling, you got to do the same thing. And, and so safety belts and car seats are critical things that, uh, you know, just are going to keep everyone safe. And what about elderly person? Well, uh, again, they may need help thinking of the things that they have to have when they're traveling, uh, like the prescription medications or, or other support or devices that, you know, help them get around. And so you may have to help them with those, those things. The other problem with elderly people is that they do well in their typical environment, but when they get to another environment, they may become very confused and disoriented. So if you get to a place and you've got an elderly person with you, you've really got to spend some time and help them get comfortable with the environment. Uh, say in the middle of the night and they get up to go to the restroom, you know, they may have the, the thought that they're in their home when they're not, and there may be, you know, furniture in the way. We always worry about throw rugs and things that they might trip or slip on. So you may have to adjust the environment a little bit to make it safe for them. Things that you make safe at your home, you've got to try to do the same thing wherever you're visiting. Do you recommend traveling with a first aid kit and what should it include? Yes. And I've made an, actually a list of things that I'm going to kind of go through. And I'll, if they're um, things that might seem a little strange, I'll explain why we recommend them. Uh, on the list, I've got some typical things that probably most people would think of, adhesive tape and elastic bandages like an ACE bandage. But the other thing I've listed down here is super glue. Now, it might seem kind of crazy, but super glue actually has a couple of things about it that most people probably don't realize. One is it's non-toxic, so it won't get into a wound, it won't damage a wound. But if you get a cut or a, a, a tear in your skin, you can actually pull the, the skin edges together and super glue it, and it will stick to the skin and, and basically seal the wound and let it heal underneath without hurting the wound. Plus, it's waterproof. And so you can glue the, the wound, and then when you bathe or shower, the super glue won't come off. So it's just a great way to do it. Now, you know, if it's a large area that where the skin has been removed, the super glue probably won't help there. But any kind of cuts or last lacerations or tears in the skin, the super glue is great. We always recommend uh, taking a, a rubber tourniquet. God forbid that something really bad like a, a stab wound or something happens to, to someone, but to be able to use a tourniquet to kind of stop the bleeding temporarily while you get help uh, can be life-saving. As far as various bandages or gauze, the standard gauze works great every place but at the eye. If someone uh, injures their eye or their eyelid, most of the gauze for that is uh, pretty coarse or rough and can actually cause other injuries like abrading uh, the cornea, uh, scraping the eye, eyeball itself. So we recommend a first aid kit have special eye patches. They're cheap. It's gauze cut in the shape of the eye, but it's much more gentle and safer to put over the eyelid if the eye is injured. Cotton balls and Q-tips to help clean areas and, and um, apply ointments and such. Those are great. Certainly disposable gloves. We even put duct tape. Now, that might kind of sound kind of crazy, but duct tape works really well in a lot of different environments. And at least in your, if, if it's not a part of the body you're fixing, you might be able to use the duct tape for other things that might uh, break or, or, or need mending uh, while you're traveling. 
band-aids and like I say assorted gloves hand sanitizer and some type of antibiotic ointment uh, it's just something simple that you can get at the drugstore and include scissors and tweezers you may need to cut the bandage and and tweezers will help you know clean the wounds you can maybe pick out debris a thermometer to take your temperature if someone gets sick because that will be important you know, and uh, we even recommend things like, again, sound a little crazy, like a turkey baster or some kind of little bulb syringe, suction syringe, where you can irrigate and wash things, wash the eye if there's a foreign body in there or, or clean a wound uh, before you're going to put the super glue on or something like that. And then, you know, nowadays everyone's familiar with masks, unfortunately. But I will tell you, one of the things we've learned is that it sure has cut down on the, the frequency of colds and flus. So wearing a mask out in public, going to places that you, you know, are going to be around a lot of people, it's now probably a little bit more comfortable for people to do that. And, and it really will help keep you from catching a cold or, or catching the flu. And we recommend a uh, just a, a simple first aid manual. Um, you can get these at the drugstores, just about any place, and they'll, they'll just give you some instructions and things. You know, you, if somebody gets hurt, you're going to be nervous and and emotional, and you may not be remembering things that you want to remember. So that manual can give you tips to do or to to help uh, your loved one uh, if they get injured. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I think the main thing is that everyone wants to enjoy their holidays and have fun and be with their loved ones and help their loved ones have fun as well. But one of the ways that's going to be accomplished is by preventing injury. And so take a few minutes, look around at the surroundings, think about the the, uh, people that are coming to visit, their ages, their capabilities, and just make sure uh, as best you can that you create a safe environment because if you have a safe environment, it means the holidays will be happy. Well, thanks again for coming on our podcast and have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss our next episode focusing on family medical history and why you should take the opportunity while you're celebrating with family to find out about your medical history. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield.